silly is that? What are we talking about? Let's go do basketball. <laughs> what is going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is Hoop Dreams, the NBA podcast on the hashtag 8 Collective. I am one of your humble co-hosts, Brendan White, and the Larry to my Johnson, Jono Peck. <laughs> you can find him at Jono himself on all the socials. What is going on, my man? The boss is away and the kids will play. Yeah, I'm just thinking about your Johnson next to my my Larry. Yeah. It's, a, it's yeah. an interesting concept there, but yeah. My scarf game is uh is on point. I'm I'm making art over here. Uh, it's so good. It's so good. Like I I love OG and I love OG. Surge. And just listening to those those two big units go at it back and forth for it was about three and a half minutes, I think, that video clip, wasn't it? It was perfect. It really it's, uh, was. It's really comic gold because of the way that they both talk. Like mm-hmm. Serge with his like African kind of French accent and then OG just being like super chill yeah. and like not giving him anything back. It's, it was hilarious. I hope that those two pump out some, some more content for us to enjoy. Oh yeah, they are great. Like uh, Serge's Serge's sort of cooking show that he's got going on YouTube and everything else is phenomenal. And OG is just one of the driest interviews there is in that locker room. But uh, mm. the man can wear a scarf. Like he looked like one of Tutankhamun's <laughs> sort of right hand men the other day, uh, going into the the Raptors Pacers yeah. game. But uh, you know, I digress. We're here, so uh, yeah. Matt Tilby is not as you uh, listeners can understand he is uh dealing with some life stuff maybe playing a bit of pickup ball somewhere down in the main streets of sydney right now so uh mm. we thought we'd man the fort here uh, on the back of a, a pretty juicy uh trade yeah. deadline that is that has come and gone today uh in the nba a lot of trades a couple of a couple of sort of potential big time moves here by a couple of contenders uh, predominantly in the east i would dare mm. say but uh yeah, it's exciting. How did you feel overall before I guess we start to get in the meat and potatoes? Do you think it was think it lived up to the hype or was it a bit anticlimactic as, as some deadlines can be? I think this is one of the more memorable ones from recent memory. Like there's a lot of years where it kind of comes and goes without much, you know, you might get uh, I'm trying to think of like you talk yourself into like oh Bellinelli like that's a big trade but mm-hmm. you know it's <laughs> it's not a big name it ends up having some ramifications when they go to a team that fits right like you know that that trade where he went to Philly and they kind of had a bit of a run a few years ago but for the most part it's usually yeah pretty anticlimactic you know you get like a Birdman or you know a, a Boris Diaw trade or like you just get some kind of mid level role player moved but we've got some borderline all-stars in this trade uh in this yeah. trade deadline yeah it's um there was some big time ones so i guess instead of going chronological order we thought we'd go from the biggest most impactful groundbreaking mm. trades <laughs> all the way down to sort of the little minnow equivalents so the first one i'd say we're probably in pretty pretty universal agreement here that the trade uh, that sort of came through on deadline day between the golden state warriors and the minnesota timberwolves which saw everyone's uh, favorite number one overall pick, the Canadian LeBron James, as he was coming out uh, several <laughs> years ago. Andrew Wiggins traded with a 2021 top three protected first round pick and a 2021 second to the to the Warriors. And the Timberwolves got Cat uh, Towns' best friend, D'Angelo Russell, guard Jacob Evans, and forward Amari Spellman. 
Hmm. What do you think about this? Does this uh, get the Minnesotans happy? Does this do anything for the Warriors? Is this giving them a reliable third option, you could say, uh, moving now into the future? I really like the trade for both teams. I think it's a win-win, but for maybe different reasons than people might think. So for, for Wiggins as an individual, I feel like this is such a good trade because it gets him out of Minnesota where he was just stagnating and he's not progressed the way that people wanted to. He's had some flashes this year where people have said, look, he's actually doing some things, you know, this is maybe it's going to work out. But regardless of how well he plays, the Wolves just go nowhere. And it was getting to the point where I think Carl Anthony Towns has, there's rumors and whispers that he was unhappy with the situation. And, you know, we know that D'Angelo and him are pals. So getting him in there is going to extend, I guess, Cat's time in Minnesota. But it's also going to give Wiggins, I think, a situation that might see him reach his potential. I'd say the biggest issue with Wiggins from what I can gather, is his effort and his consistency. And going somewhere like Golden State, you know, Steve Kerr, you got leadership on the court with Steph Curry and Draymond and Clay that you he's never really had. Like He's played with good players. I can't remember if he crossed over with Kevin Garnett's time in Minnesota, did he? Not really. Like, he, Maybe he got a little year. bit of... Yeah. Um, I, I don't even know if he had a, any decent talent when... Um, they grabbed him in Cleveland way back when, if you yeah. got any. Yeah. But I mean, I guess my point is that Th- Coach Thibodeau is not really a player's coach. He's a author- authoritarian coach. That might maybe didn't gel with Wiggins the way that brings out the best in him. So I just think that if he's going to be what his potential has seen to be, this is the way to bring it out. Putting him, putting him around people where he's not going to have a huge amount of pressure on him. He's basically going to be a rich man's version of Harrison Barnes back in that, you know, that yeah. 70, 73 win season. And I think that if that's what they're going for, it's a much better fit than D'Angelo Russell. Like you're not going to have to question the fit because he, he just has to pretty much turn up and hit open threes and defend and, like take Draymond's pressure and um, pushing and, and like respond to that in a positive way and and step up. And I think that this is when we'll be able to say he's a bust or not because if he can't thrive in this environment, then what's he really going to be able to achieve? 100%. Like he was so highly touted coming out of the, like into the draft mm. several years ago. There was, yeah canadian lebron and he was the the great white hope and all this type of stuff and he, and he's still only 25 like he's still got 24? a good solid chance um as as per um rasball he's, he's okay. 25 maybe he just turned 25 i don't maybe. know maybe but he's, he's still a young, he's young. guy uh <laughs> yeah. you know he's he's got elite intangibles crazy athleticism but he just goes from taking over a game to disappearing for five mm. and then that's just been the story of his life uh, since since coming into the pros. So I'm with you. I think if if uh, Curry and uh, Thompson and Green can't get uh, the best out of him, then no one can really. Mm. So so this could be a nice uh, sort of phoenix rising from the ashes story with it. And and I think he's 
he's a good little reliable number three option. He doesn't really need the ball in his hands to to sort of be successful, and he can just play off play off uh, Thompson and Curry really well next year. And those yeah. four, like they're they're going to be it's if they can stay healthy yeah. next year. That is that is a pretty pretty potent um, you know four fifths of a starting mm. lineup. And then obviously you, you've got some debate whether you're, you're looking for a four or a five depending on what you're doing with Green at the time, but. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're going to be much improved next year. and With a lottery uh, pick too. Yeah, with a lottery pick that could potentially be top three. And then the crazy thing with this was Minnesota giving away their second round, yep, give or take that, but that uh, first round pick, which is only top three protected mm. in 2021. So it's only only two years down the line. And what's to say in two years if, if Kat and D'Angelo or whatever else don't just get jack of what's happening in Minnesota because... <laughs> They are a dumpster fire of a team at the moment. Like yeah. as as you alluded to, Cat was is pretty much best mates with Russell, but he was also extremely close with uh Covington, who they mm. traded away this week as well. So I think he's probably feeling pretty hard done by with it with his boys uh getting shipped yeah. out of town and well he's got one in town now, but I don't know, it still doesn't look bright in, in Minnesota, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean it only would take Russell or Cat to miss significant time for that lottery pick to you know, to land around like four, like between four and 10, even that's still a huge loss to give away that kind of pick. I feel like exactly. they probably didn't need to do it, to be honest. Like, I, I know yeah. we know that Golden State was trying to move Russell and there was probably a few suitors, but yeah, maybe that was the price they had to pay to, to get involved in the deal. And I think too, they probably had to throw that pick in with that little protection just because Wiggins is owed an absolute bomb. Mm. for for now until infinity so the 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 warriors are going to be pretty tied up against the cap for the foreseeable future with four of their starting five taking up just about um you know five eighths of the cap percentage so that's going to be some uh tricky waters to, to navigate in the future but um one of the other trades that are something i guess everyone just assumed that he was going to end up somewhere uh we we saw Andre Iguodala, the you know the the master of the couch at the moment, just refusing to suit up for the Grizzlies. So uh, he was part of a three-team trade between the Minnesota Timberwolves again, the Memphis Grizzlies, and the Miami Heat. So the Miami Heat are pushing all their chips in this year, and they feel they can make a real good goal. But picking up Iggy, grabbing Jay Crowder and Solomon Hill, uh, Memphis Grizzlies getting Justice Winslow, Dion Waiters, and Gorgi Ding, and the Timberwolves picking up James Johnson. But yeah, the Grizzlies, they, they picked up a first-round pick this past season just for taking on Iguodala. Uh, so so they've turned him into some positive assets. They've, they've taken him mm. on, eaten a bit of cap this year, got a first-rounder. And, uh, you know, Waiters... He's I been waived already, I think. Yeah, well, he's going to be. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a hot mess. But Winslow, I love him. He, he's a talented player, but he's just the injury bug. is just biting him more and more and more and more and more. And then uh, the Timberwolves getting James Johnson, the the black belt himself, maybe to teach a little bit of discipline to to Cat and Co. Uh, to harden up, you know, we got We got to get some fight in our game. But what yeah. do you reckon about this? Uh, Miami with Iggy Crowder, Solomon Hill is a bit of a, a bit of a pack in, but Crowder mm. and Iggy especially. What do you reckon? Yeah. I love it for Miami. I think that with the season they've had to get Iggy and Crowder, and only really having to give up Winslow because. Dion Waiters wasn't really playing. It's been sus- like they've given up dudes that have been suspended, basically, and they've got back a former All Star Finals MVP in Iguodala and Jay Crowder's a guy that I think's been 
he's bounced around a lot for a guy that seems to play pretty well wherever he is. Like I especially remember how effective he was when he started in Dallas. But um, yeah, I think that this, I mean, I first of all, I want to pat myself on the back because I said that he wouldn't go to the Lakers. You were yep, positive yep. that that was happening and that Kuzma would get the flick, but Kuzma lives to fight another day in LA mm-hmm. and Iguodala's ended up somewhere that, uh, yeah, I, I guess it makes Miami um, closer to that kind of second contender after the Bucks, would you say? In the East? I think so. I, I think they're certainly up there. I think they've probably jumped above the mm. the Raptors there as sort of the, the second lead dog in the East. Um, it's, it's certainly going to have a lot of toughness, that Miami Heat lineup, like Jimmy Butler, Andre Iguodala, Bam Adebayo and even um, Jay Crowder. That's that's a lot of sort of tough bodies to be throwing at Giannis. Mm. And just sort of saying, mate, you you got to put put that team on your back if you want to beat us in the finals if they're to meet. So, yeah, I, I like the move for the Heat. Like I, I hate at the same time being a, a fan of the Raptors in the East and knowing that this team's gotten stronger than the my Toronto my Toronto Raptors. But from a strictly basketball standpoint, very smart trade by the Heat. Like. They don't lose any real depth. Like they've just moved pieces that were either barely getting any play, like Wade is being suspended. James Johnson only got burned the other week because of all the injuries. And Justice Winslow has been pretty well on the injury reserve the entirety of this season. And to come out of it with Iggy and Crowder, I think they're very underrated pickups. Uh, I'd be curious to see how much Iggy's got left in the tank. Like he's 36 now, so he's getting a bit older, but that playoff toughness and, and making them sort of uh, clutch shots in the finals could uh, go a long way for the Heat uh, potentially making it to the big dance. Yeah, I mean, it's possible that we're overrating Iguodala based on his past performances when we haven't seen what he can do for quite a while now. So yeah. I guess we should hold our breaths and see if he's still at that level or if yeah. he's, you know, be keeping in shape even. <laughs> oh, he knows? looked like he was in shape. I saw <laughs> yeah. some um, a little brief interview okay. when the trade was made official. He was in like this gray skin-tight sweat and he had like traps that were up past his head almost. Oh, he's, wow. he's a big unit. <laughs> he's a big unit. So, uh, yeah. but yeah, let's see how that translates mm. on the court. For Minnesota, I just wanted to say like, moving on to that next trade where they, res- they, they gave up Covington to get back Malik Beasley and Hernan Gomez. If, when you combine that with getting um, the, the dudes in exchange for Wiggins and getting James Johnson, do you think overall they've been a winner in the tra- at the trade deadline? Because I feel like giving up Covington's a pretty big piece for a team if they're trying to contend at the moment, just because he's so versatile as a defender and kind of a, a three-point, you know, reliable shooter at the be- at, at his best. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of, of Robert Covington, the old uh, three and D man. Uh, he's he's just sort of this meat and potatoes fella. Like he's he's got a mm. very no nonsense game, not flashy, but just plays both ends of the floor really, really well. Uh, he's going to be a big loss for them. Like James Johnson, when he's on, can perform at those levels. He has these moments of brilliance where he can he can pop off for thirty yeah. and, he's and you know, ten boards and yeah, and, and he's an athletic dude and and he'll stand up for anybody on the court too. So. Uh, when when Cat and, and Embiid are maybe beefing uh, on the court again, we're probably going to see a big James Johnson crane kick out of nowhere or something. Who knows? But I like that they've brought James in for that toughness and maybe to sort of 
yeah, sort of say, let's get a bit more fight in ourselves because they are having an absolutely woeful season at the moment. But he's going to be he's going to be a big loss. But Malik Beasley and Juan Gomez, so and Hernando Gomez. So we'll talk about that trade, uh, which we sort of graded as the the third biggest trade of the day, and it was sort of the the first one that occurred this week, yeah. a couple of days back. So the Houston Rockets uh, picked up Robert Covington, Jordan Bell, who has since already been traded uh, again, and a 2024 second round pick from the Warriors. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks, they grabbed Clint Capella and Nene. I didn't even know he was still in the league. He's got to be 40 <laughs> these days, the, the big fella. Yeah. Uh, the Timberwolves, uh, they got Malik Beasley, Juan Hernandez Gomez, Evan Turner, Jared Vanderbilt and a 2020 first rounder via the Brooklyn Nets, which has some lottery protection attached to it. And the fourth team, Denver Nuggets, they picked up Gerald Green, Keita Bates-Diop, Shabazz Napier, Noah Vonley, and a 2020 first round pick via the Houston Rockets. So this was a huge trade. It was like 14 players, uh, mm. just about the biggest trade that's happened in the last 20 something years uh, from what I saw on some of the chatter. What do you reckon about this? Like, there is a lot of pieces going every which way here. Mm. You know, the, the team, well, there's two two teams in contention from the West, one making bigger moves than others. Obviously, the Rockets uh, grabbing Covington and also a second round pick, which I thought was very cheap for Clint Capella. I love Capella. He's a very underrated center. He's what, 25 or 26? Very, very sort of traditional. No, no, no stretch to his mm. game. Um, but. I don't yeah. know what the Rockets are doing here, man. I th- I just think, for whatever reason, the Rockets don't want to play a brand of basketball that involves a guy like Capella. And it's the same reason that, as we'll get to later, there wasn't much of a market for Andre Drummond, looking yeah. at what they the <laughs> Pistons got for him. I think that a team like the Rockets is looking at what works for them as far as an offense and they're not too concerned about the defensive end. They're not concerned about what he was offering as a rim protector. Because, you know, in, in the older style of basketball, Capella's the kind of guy that you want on your team. Like, if you've got him as your center and he's just doing his job and you've got the talent that's on that team, you could go deep. But I don't know. I guess we're just in a, a brand of basketball or they're trying something different where it's not needed and they think that they can without a center basically like we've got uh tyson chandler on the team i don't know if he's active maybe they're saving him for the playoffs maybe he hasn't been gonna... the last the last week or so they've yeah. uh they've, they've run off a few wins in a row but that's why by trotting out like five guys that are mm. six six or shorter so it's but, <laughs> it's just they, this crazy crazy thing to watch they're gonna need someone like chandler when they go up against say jokic or someone like that in like even going against the Clippers, when they're gonna need a big to 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 even have a chance at stopping the other team from scoring. Maybe it's just a a different approach, and I have to kind of give them credit for this because what they've been trying to do up until this point it hasn't worked in the playoffs. Like they just every year they go in there, they've got a great team, they've had Capella in that lineup, and they just hit. Uh, they come up against another a team that's better than them and they just they just keep losing so maybe they're yeah. trying to remix their approach and see if it works and i think you just have to do that sometimes and it's a it's a side that has enough talent to you know maybe they're going for that 
Phoenix Suns, D'Antoni, seven seconds or less kind of don't worry about defense, just hit every three-pointer in the game, score 140 yeah. points and hope that the other team misses. <laughs> that, that's what it feels like. They're just going just <laughs> pure high-intensity flash basketball. Um, and it's going to be fun to watch for the rest of the season, but I think they're just going to hope for maybe some potential buyouts in that center space over the next sure, week yeah. or so to, to maybe get some depth. Uh, I thought maybe Jordan Bell might hang around and play some spot minutes at the five, but yeah, they already sort of flipped him away for for nothing um, in in a, in a later trade. But yeah, when when Covington's now potentially the tallest man on your roster outside of Tyson Chandler, who is also what he'd be he'd be mid late thirties by now too. He's been around a yeah, while, so definitely. I, I think as you said, uh, Jokic. Anthony Davis, Rudy Gobert, guys like that in the West, they are going to get eaten in the finals. Uh, they are going to get smashed in the finals, I think. But they're just going to hope, yeah, they can score 140, 150 and go, mate, if, if you can score more than us, power to you. But that's how we're going to play the yeah. game. Threes are worth more than twos. <laughs> 100%. 100%. um, yeah, the Hawks, sneaky little trade here, picking up two centers. Obviously, Nene isn't, isn't much at uh, this stage of his career. But Clint Capella... Uh, you know, mid mid twenty year old guy, big banger in the paint, great in the pick and roll. Uh, mm. So I'm really looking forward to seeing him and Trey Young go to work in that pick and roll uh, offense there. Twin and towers it's be, too. Yeah, with John yeah. Collins. Yeah, so I like that's that's a pretty formidable three. When I agree. You got Capella, Collins, and then Trey Young. Like that's that's some great building blocks there. And if it's, if some it's a of their other team in the East, yeah, like like if Reddish can start doing something, and some of their other young pieces, like Kevin Herter and things like that, if they can ascend a little bit more as well, you know, they're gonna be they're gonna be a team uh, nipping at that seventh and eighth spot in the East potentially as early as this year, but mm. certainly for years to come, they're gonna be in contention uh, year after year as Hawks teams were in the past so yeah. uh, it was it was a good move it was a good move do you think the wolves made this deal knowing like i'm sure that when they approached the trade deadline their number one goal was to to land d'angelo russell so this was yeah. a supplementary move do you think for some reason they thought that this combination of players would be more useful than having covington on the team next to russell and cat i don't know i think i think they needed to move Covington out especially just to try and get that that extra pick because I'm, I'm assuming Golden State was saying you need to pony up picks or like multiple firsts or something heavily protected or heavily unprotected for us to move Russell to you because everyone and his dog knew that they wanted Russell in Minnesota so Golden State almost just had to to sort of set the trap and wait really and just wait for him to get desperate enough to push their chips in and, and they did so uh, they do have that additional first rounder in the 2020 draft via the Nets. Uh, it is lottery protected, but that's a pick that's probably going to fall somewhere between 15 to 20. So they could still grab another good young piece to keep building that Wolves team. But they just got a bunch of pieces like Malik Beasley's. He's not a bad guard, but yeah, Wancho. I don't know. He's he's had a few moments where you're like, oh yeah, he could put it together. You know, he's he's a big mm. with range. Evan Turner, uh, second overall pick from forever ago. He's been on about 75 teams now, I think. Uh, had flashes as well. And to be honest, Jared Vanderbilt, I don't even know who Jared Vanderbilt is. I couldn't tell you. Pick him out of a lineup. 
if I bumped into him at Woolies, I would have no idea who it was apart from no doubt probably a guy far taller than me. So Sounds yeah. like a, a reality TV star, like he's on The Bachelor or something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, but it was an interesting interesting trade. Uh, Denver sneaking in there and grabbing grabbing that sort of Houston first-round pick and a couple of other ancillary pieces was interesting. Noah Vonley, he's, he's played a little bit of spot uh, minutes at the five and the four, so... So there's a bit more length there. Another another lottery pick from way back when that's never really put it together. So a lot of lot of potential has been uh traded this this deadline I've I've noticed. A lot of sort of first overall, <laughs> second overall guys getting bounced around uh the league. Um and and as you sort of mentioned earlier, uh this was probably the the fourth biggest deal or probably the fourth of the major deals that really sort of rattled the landscape. And this is between Cleveland and Detroit. So Detroit finally traded away their big man, uh, Andre Drummond, um, and they traded Brandon Knight. Uh, they, they, they got Brandon Knight, John Henson, and a second-round pick for Andre Drummond. And that, that second-round pick is a 2023 pick. So they got absolutely nothing. Henson is just a journeyman uh, big. Mm. Brandon Knight is a journeyman guard. <laughs> And Drummond, who is one of the best centers in the game, got traded for a ham sandwich. Like, obviously, he's a unrestricted free agent at the end of this year, and Cleveland now get to sort of see how he operates in their culture. But I thought he was going to get a lot more than what, uh, or Detroit were going to get a lot more than what they got for mm. for the big fella. It's astonishing, really. Like, if you if we stuck to the traditional format of a center, two forwards, and two point guards, like Drummond would be a perennial all-star basically like he'd be probably in the top five pure centers in the league i'm guessing if not right around that mark so to see Mm. him get traded for a couple of baseball cards and a sack of marbles and a a dead parrot like she's like it's pretty rough it it really was like i i love the guy like he does get hammered pretty heavily by just about everybody that it you know their hollow stats uh it doesn't really lead to wins for for the pistons but when you've been on such a dumpster fire of a team your entire career mm. it's probably hard to to have that fire in your belly game after game so yeah. i feel for him because he's not going to a better situation he's going to a worse one um and like they've got a center there with Tristan Thompson, like everyone thought that they might trade him, but he's still there, and Kevin Love, so they've got three legit starting front court pieces. Yet, yeah, they're going to all try and operate in harmony together. I don't get that, and I'm curious to see what kind of money Drummond gets in the off season. Like he's still going to try and push for push for a max or, or get as much much cheddar as he can, but mm. who's going to pay him that? Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not even sure how this trade went through. Like, <laughs> was there cash considerations? Because Brandon Knight and Henson's salary couldn't possibly be what Drummond's is. I'm not too sure to be honest. Like, yeah. um, just off the ESPN ticker, uh, they 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 don't mention any cash considerations, and I didn't see any mention from Woj or um or Low or anyone like that. So yeah, I just looked it up. Drummond's on twenty two mil. Brandon Knight's on 12 and Henson's on two. So I don't know. There's something funny going on there. So that's, well, if they're under the cap, they can they can take back 
Of yeah, the, that's ten million. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Think. So, so maybe it comes in with like two dollars to spare or something. But, <laughs> but man, yeah. like things like this, we were talking about hypotheticals on a prior episode, and if that was the price to pick up Andre Drummond, like I'm surprised more contenders weren't in on this to get a mm. big man to give you that uh, that presence in the paint come finals time. Like, you know, he's a big body. He's another big body you can throw at your your Kawhis, your Giannis's, whoever it is. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I it's similar to what I was saying with Capella. I think it's just that you look at the contenders, whether it's, I don't know, the Raptors or someone, and it's like, would you want that guy slotting in next to the other pieces on the team? I don't know if it is it because he a free throw liability. It, it, it's, I don't know. It's just the way the game's developing, I guess. And yeah. we'll see. Like, maybe he goes to Cleveland and him and love <laughs> bring things roll things back the the rebounding twin towers are going to grab every rebound known to yeah. humanity but um yeah I, I, yeah as as you said like i could have seen him slot in easily into the starting five with boston you know mm. put him in they they need a five like tice hasn't been too bad canter's all right but drummond is a upgrade on both of those guys and if that was the cost you know yeah I would only assume that the salary was a turn off, but I mean, if, if these guys can give up fourteen million in salary and get back Drummond, I don't know. I still don't know how it works, but maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah. I, I, I think a second round pick's got a value approximately of two million or so as well, so maybe that floats it a bit more. So uh, that's that's sort of the 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 main trades or the notable trades uh, that occurred. We we did get a smattering of other ones. Like there was a three team tr- trade between Washington, the Clippers, and mm. the New York Nets. So they traded Knicks? the Morris the boy, Knicks. the Knicks. Sorry, yeah, not the, <laughs> the Nets. <laughs> yeah, I guess Morris going else. to the Clippers is probably the most significant piece there as far as the impact to a contender. It would be nice to see, you know, he he was basically the number one option at the Knicks. So for him to go over there, I mean, it, it could work. He's a, a player that likes to shoot the ball. He doesn't like to, like, move it around. Like, you probably would want a guy that gives it up a bit more when you're playing with Paul George and Kawhi, but we'll see. I'm sure that yeah, they... Yeah, he's, he's going to be iso balling his way and getting his shots. Uh, but he's, he's just another, another big body that doesn't mind banging, so... Mm. It's 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 a good pickup, and they didn't give much away. Like they they traded yeah. Mo Harkless, who is another guy that's it's just another another fella, really. Like the Knicks, they grabbed a first, a second, and then Harkless for trading away uh, Marcus Morris. The Wizards traded away Isaiah Thomas and picked up guard Jerome Robinson. So Isaiah Thomas, since being traded, has already been cut by the Clippers. Mm. So. The little fella who was, um, you know, getting MVP votes a couple of times here and there. We're never going to win it, but he was having some very MVP caliber seasons there at Boston way back when, and now is just getting pinballed around the league like uh, yesterday's trash. It's funny, isn't it? Like how you can go from that to to nothing in such a short amount of time. Like the only really things I've heard about Isaiah Thomas this season is that he w- walked into the crowd and, you know, you're not allowed to do that, so he got suspended. And then he yep, yep. he like grazed against an umpire or something and got suspended again or fined again. So, yeah, I hope yeah. I hope someone picks him up. I'm, I'm sure that 
I just don't understand how you can't find a spot for him as your like off the bench spark plug. He's just got so much potential as a scorer. I could I could see him end up in the at the Lakers or something like that. Little little instant offense point guard. Um, mm. He could even play off the ball to to Rondo. Yeah. So yeah. That, I mean, the that Clippers sort of further the Clippers already have Lou Williams. Maybe so they're thinking like we don't need another Lou Williams. But yeah, something like the Clippers. Uh, sorry, the Lakers, as you say, that'd be definitely. A role for him somewhere. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And um, the only other real trade that I probably want to mention there was a lot of other sort of throw-in deals here and there. But uh, Dwayne Dedman uh, and two twenty uh, twenty twenty and a twenty or twenty one second round pick were traded to the Atlanta Hawks, and the Kings in return got Jabari Parker, uh, the second pick behind Andrew Wiggins way back when, and Alex Len, uh, a center who is now I think this is his fourth stop at a new team and Jabari, this might be his, it's his fifth or his sixth team. And he is only 24 years old. Uh, and, and he was another guy that was highly touted coming out of college, but defense is optional for Parker. Mm. <laughs> can, can put the ball in the hoop, but Dwayne Dedman and Trevor Ariza, two vets that the Kings uh, signed at the start of this year, who were going to give him some good sort of uh, veteran culture and help shape uh, Bagley and co in Sacktown. They realize it's not working, and they have shipped them both out <laughs> this this sort of uh, this season. So the Deadman Ariza experiments are over, and they bring in uh, Parker and Len to to toil yeah. away in Sacktown. I mean, Deadman kind of had his breakout seasons in Atlanta, if you want to call them that. I guess he's not a guy that really moves the needle, but he's played for six teams in six years. So mm. I don't know, maybe. Maybe this is the his last shot. <laughs> maybe, maybe, and like Atlanta and their center depth, like Nene, uh, Capella, and Deadman there. So they've uh they've got some big boys to uh, mm. play some pick and roll with Trey Young. But yeah, Jabari Parker, can he squeeze any ounce of success out of that name and that career? Second overall pick, and has just flamed out everywhere he's been. So it's rough. It's, like Sacramento's a team that we have seen a couple of flashes of. They're starting to get things together. They're starting to bring in some good locker room guys, some role players. But then things just seem to swing back to the median for them, which is quite low. And Jabari is one of those classic like Kings players that you'd expect them to sign in the Demarcus Cousins era, where you know it's just all. Sub, uh, it's all flash and there's not it's style over substance and they're not really guys that like you know it's like a girlfriend that you can't see yourself marrying or, or something it's yeah. like why is this person here it's just to to make the the salary cap like fill out it's it's not gonna win your games it's not gonna improve your culture it's not gonna train it's not gonna be a, a, a good like teaching experience for the younger guys who are coming in and he's going to be stealing minutes from them. So I don't know. I mean, it would be great to see him within himself find a, a way to play defense and realize yeah. that it's important. But he said himself when he was in Chicago, like, I don't care about playing D. I just want to score. So not really a good sign for someone to so openly admit that. And it's it's easy to see him falling out of favor if that's his mindset yeah yeah he could uh end up bounced out and in china or something in the oh, foreseeable yeah. future i would With not be at all surprised that maybe ends up in the nbl 
Hey, yeah, maybe him and him and Andre Blatch and yeah. whoever else averaging twenty five a game for the <laughs> the Sydney Kings, going from the Sacramento Kings to the Sydney Kings. Him and uh, him and uh, what first overall pick for the Milwaukee Bucks, Bogut. Oh, I'm Bogut, sitting there going, yeah. it's not Bynum. He was he was from the Lakers. Big Andrew Bynum. He man, he fell off a cliff quick, didn't he? Andrew Bynum. Yeah. He he was the next big, the next great big man coming through the the Los Angeles ranks, and just injuries just derailed him. He got shipped out to Philly, and yeah. Next next thing you know, he was doing his knee bowling, and we never saw him again. Yeah. Oh well, what could have been? But yeah, that's that's sort of the uh, the main the main notable talking points from the the sort of 2020 uh, trade deadline that has just come mm-hmm. to pass. Uh, some big, big moves. Who would you say is your biggest winner and your biggest loser? Can be player, can be team. I think for me, the Warriors, like I'm looking, really looking forward to seeing what they come back with next season or even, I guess, like late this season if they, if Curry does come back, if Clay squeaks back for a couple of games before the season's over. It's um, it, it was kind of a bit up in the air with Russell there. I think that you could easily see next season with Russell on the team, just things not working, not fitting together. And sure, like they're still going to win a lot of games with that lineup, but it probably didn't strike fear into the hearts like they have in the past. So to see them get Wiggins and to for him to have a bit of like, I guess it's half a season to acclimatize to take that teaching from people like clay and steph and steve kerr and and draymond i think it's going to be like an extended training camp in preparation for next season so i think that that's the most interesting thing for me as far as like what could swing a championship series yeah as uh as far as this season and implications i think igadala going to the heat is is probably the winner like he was the big trade ship that everyone kind of wanted or that every fan base wanted to see a way they could land Iguodala um but the losers I guess it's hard to call Detroit a loser they've certainly got the worst hole in response to like the best player but at the same time it's definitely like with Blake Griffin being hurt they're going for rock bottom and whatever that brings with it yeah, I'm I'm with you man. Like that was exactly where I was going to put the big L. Uh they they mm. traded away one of the best young big men in the game for scraps, 2 cents on the dollar. It's it mm. still baffles me that people no doubt would have been calling asking for him and that's the best that they could get for for Drummond. So so that's that's my uh loser of this and and my winner it's tough like uh the heat I think certainly uh, have made a lot of fantastic moves, uh, picked up some key pieces that are going to be perfect for them come playoffs time. But um, I don't know. I'm excited to see if Justice Winslow can get healthy and just watch these young Grizzlies grow because yeah. I'm all about that team these days. They are one of my favorite teams ja. to watch in the league. Ja, I've got a crush on Ja something fierce. <laughs> uh, he is just a little string bean human highlight reel and I'm just excited to see what they build there. I love seeing Valanciunas doing more now. Triple J, uh, Jar now Winslow. So they've got some good young mm. pieces that can grow together. And um, I'm hoping, just hoping, uh, for the Timberwolves' sake that 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 deal works out for them, and and Russell and Cat can start making 
the Minnesota Timberwolves a destination that people want to go to as opposed to being this laughing stock that uh you know it was had some potential this year. I think they were they were talking a lot of people in a lot of circles were talking about them being a roughie to maybe make the back end of the the top eight and yet mm. they have spiraled and the plane has gone down hard. Um, you know, it is lost out out at sea at the moment. So hopefully they find themselves and um yeah, develop some toughness, get a bit of James Johnson black belt in them and um see how we go. Yeah. I, I agree with you about Memphis. Like these are the kinds of deals that it might not eventuate into something for a while, but it, it could be what they needed as far as getting some key pieces to, to build and see them come up with jar and you must you gotta love like the way that Morant's been talking about Igadala and uh Curry oh, and just yeah. like clapping and, and back. Dylan Brooks like how yeah. he was saying, you know, I can't wait till we trade him so we can play against this guy, you know? <laughs> like they've just got this swagger and I love it. Like they're just a bunch of like young kids, but they've just got this heart and toughness and fight in them that is that is rare to see. So uh yeah, go Memphis. Very good. Uh, yeah so to say uh it's a shame that Chicago couldn't trade anyone because uh, the, the the way that Cat uh, feels about Minnesota, I'm pretty sure everyone in Chicago feels about being there. It's a shame because I love like Chicago as a city is one of my favorite cities in America. So, mm. but I think just yeah, excuse me, the ball culture over there is just a mess at the moment. So. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see we'll see anyway but yeah this has been uh, another episode of hoop dreams Jono, is there anything you want to say before we uh bounce this ball on out of here uh yeah bring on the all-star weekend i guess hell yeah and uh three, the mountain dew splash. deep ball three point uh <laughs> multiplier that they've added in there now two two yeah. deep strokes from three yeah i think lillard's gonna have to splash those and finally win the three-point shootout oh yeah hell yeah All right, listeners, thank you for hanging out here at the court with us. Uh, Be sure to rate, review, subscribe us on all the podcast hosting platforms, but preferably Spotify and Apple or iTunes. Those reviews help keep the emotional lights on in our hearts. But until next time, when we return to the court, hopefully with a full contingent, Tilby, we're thinking of you, mate. But uh, yeah, otherwise, we're just going to be playing a bit more two-on-two here. Uh, But yeah, till next time, it's been our pleasure to deliver this game to you. Much love. Stay hungry. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) May your balls be true. I don't know. You said two on two, but it's one on one, surely. I know, but maybe we're up against everybody else. I figure we're a team. We're a team. All right. Keep dreaming. May your stroke be smooth.